Have you been looking for the right opportunity to finally leave behind your 9-to-5 grind and live that laptop lifestyle you've been dreaming of? Maybe you have daydreams of living a life of time freedom and flexibility and a picture in your head laying on a beach somewhere completely stress-free. Though that would be nice and it is a total possibility, what I have for you is just a simple work-from-home opportunity. No, this isn't another get-rich-quick scheme or an MLM. What I'm talking about here is bookkeeping. And yes, that's right, bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is how I am able to live my life without choosing between a career and my son, how we were financially unaffected by the pandemic shutdown, and how I am my own boss living and working around a schedule that's best for my family, not someone else or office hours. Bookkeeping is one of the oldest administrative positions around, making this not only a common and respected career choice, but with today's technology and cloud-based programs, a position that's in demand and able to be done from anywhere. Bookkeeping is perfect for parents who want or need to work from home, military spouses, college students, retirees, and frequent travelers. Head on over to edjconsultinggroup.com backslash resources to check out and enroll in the Home Bookkeeper Masterclass today. But once again, that's edjconsultinggroup.com. Hey, Wine Moms, and thank you for listening to this MW Network and Emadon production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, themommywines.com, and wherever else you get your favorite podcasts. For exclusive content and early access, make sure to tune in on Patreon. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Emma. How are you? Good. How are you? I am better now. Exhausted, (laughs) but I thought you were doing a big move. Are you somewhat more settled? Somewhat. I actually, I had another recording this morning. Um. And, and if you guys want to listen to that, it's the episode right before this one. Um, but my landlord kept like, she showed up this morning, um, because I was in the process of buying a house in Utah, but I'm renting now in Nevada for hopefully not very long, Um, (laughs) but she showed up this morning. So it made my recording late. And then in the middle of the recording, she showed back up and like, just walked right into the (laughs) rental and I'm like, I answer the door and I'm like, oh, I'm working. And she's like, oh, it's okay. And like walks right in. And I'm like, it's not okay because I'm a podcaster. So you can't be here with a power tool and a hammer. <laughs> but Oh, too funny. Too funny. I, okay. I can only imagine. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I drove like the U-Haul. I had to take that back this morning because I drove that and towed my car on a trailer, like 200 and I think like 70 miles. And, uh, but I'm done. Everything is in. I just have to unload. And that's not what I'm doing today. Today, I'm just talking to the two of you. Well, one of you now, the other one is the other guest I had on the show is done. But yes, I'm just talking to you guys today and I'm going to drink some wine later. And that's it. That's all I'm doing on a Sunday. <laughs> Sounds like a good Sunday. Sounds like you just, just let's restart, restart the week off. Let's just take a pause. I know. I'm drinking coffee now because unfortunately it's like one o'clock in the afternoon, but wine is coming. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, it is coming because <laughs> I'm just like dead. But I found, I stumbled across your Instagram and we are very similar in the fact that we like coffee and cocktails. Yep. And I loved your page. I thought it was so cute. So I'm so glad you are on the show today. And well, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. And one of the things I noticed that you really wanted to talk about was, um, oh, everybody who doesn't know <laughs> or did not read the title <laughs> of this episode, I am your host, Emma Don, and today we are having Megan Hardy, uh, mommy, Mama's Sippy Cup on Instagram on the show today. And we are going to be talking about going back to work and working during quarantine or coronavirus as parents because it's a struggle. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And you are doing something similar to me in the middle of all of this and unfortunately packing up and moving. So that was really crazy. We moved um, in the middle. We moved actually two weeks before everything shut down. So that was a whole nother level of, of craziness on top of it. Oh and um, we were in with a toddler, my husband, myself, and two dogs in 800 square feet for three months before we could get into our house because everything had shut down. So oh, it was... No. It was a very crazy process, and it definitely at least proved to me some of the flaws that um, were definitely going on, um, both from you know working perspective, both for my husband and for myself, which was really interesting. So did you normally go to work during the day and then come home at night, or have you always worked from home? So I... I actually have worked from home just as of November. So I took a fully remote job back in November. Um, I love, I love my work. I've always been kind of a workaholic and um, I had joined an amazing company previously and um, was pregnant and had a very long commute. We were living in the Atlanta area and I had a hour and 20 minute commute. And when you look at the work day and a daycare schedule, I had mm. to be late and leave early um, which unfortunately was just how it was. And right. it was just a lot of stress from that perspective. And um, I think that the job itself and being a very young company, um, being like the, one of the only people that was a mom in that sense or a working mom nonetheless, um, it definitely was a lot of challenges because I wasn't joining this, the sales team for happy hour or doing all of these, you know, extra hours that they were all putting in. And, you know, I was still, I was still, killing myself when I was there, killing myself when I was home and realizing that I was just spread too thin, especially with our commute. And right. so I decided to look for a new job. I took a job that I absolutely love my company now, especially because they definitely are a little bit more family oriented of a company, which is interesting because I think when I was younger and getting into jobs, I never thought of being family oriented as a priority, if that makes sense. You don't think of that when you're young and in your you know early twenties, you don't, you don't think of I want a company that's family oriented because you don't understand how it's going to impact you down the road. And right. so, so joining a company that was really family oriented, really, you know, trust, trusted their team, trusted their people, let us work remotely was great. But I also was working still and my daughter was going to daycare. So it was great because daycare was a five minute drive down the road. So instead of it being so nice, <laughs> instead of it being like, you know, home dealing with things, I was, a, I became kind of a master of my schedule. It was like, great, get up in the morning, take her to daycare, get a workout in, you know, prep the house, start my work day, 
pick her up, do a couple other calls while she chills at home while I prep her for dinner. You know, I felt like a master of my schedule. And then we, we packed everything up and moved into 800 square feet. And my husband and I were both trying to be on calls and I was used to being home plus managing her. So 90% of the time I was ducking out of calls or, you know, on mute running around chasing her. And it just made you realize (laughs) like there is definitely some flaws in both, I guess, from the work perspective and also just, you know, this quarantine has put a whole new layer of challenges on the working parent, especially the working mom. Yeah. Leggings are a huge part of my daily life. Whether that be chasing after Milo or cuddling with him on the sofa, operating my financial practice, ADJ Consulting Group, or chatting it up right here on the Mommy Wines podcast. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it in Zaya Active. Zaya has such a wide range from youth collections for boys and girls the ever-growing men's collection, to the infamous women's leggings, and so much more. Zaya really is your one-stop shop for premium active and loungewear for the whole family. To shop, visit myzaya.com backslash emmadon, or check out the link in the show notes below to shop the Mommy Wines podcast event today and automatically have your order number entered into a raffle for your chance to win a Zaya Active gift card. Their winner will be chosen the second week of October, just in time for holiday shopping. Make sure to check out the event link in the show notes below or visit themommywines.com for more event information. And I feel like there's such a, a dis, how how do I even put it? it? It's not the same. My son's dad can go to work he's worked throughout quarantine out here in nevada mining doesn't stop doesn't stop for christmas doesn't stop for quarantine if there's i don't even know what they're digging for silver gold i don't know whatever is in the (laughs) ground that they want nothing is going to stop them from getting it right rain shine snow doesn't matter so he has worked continually throughout quarantine and um but like if Milo is sick and has to go to the doctor, if the daycare is shut down, if, you know, anything that goes on in like mine and Milo's lives, it never affects him. And I really don't think it would be that different, even if we were together. Um, But like, if there is like daycare, when that shut down, apparently it didn't, I don't know. I heard that it was for essential workers only went to the daycare, a woman who's wearing like scrubs. So I'm assuming she's some kind of medical staff. Yeah. uh, Was like, oh, she's like, oh, you know, the daycare is for essential workers only. And I was like, oh, well, I'm self-employed. I'm not essential. I guess I could write myself a letter and be like, (laughs) hey, you're very important. So, (laughs) but I I run a, a bookkeeping company. So like, I'm not like, I can do that wherever I am. So I had Milo home, and even though I have been self-employed for a really long time, it was on a whole other level when I had him home for, like, I think it was, like, five weeks, three to five weeks, maybe, and I'm like, wow, this is different. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, because I was, I did the same thing you did. I woke up, I took him to daycare, I came home, I organized my house. I probably should have worked out when I lived in Utah. I didn't. So 
I'm, I'm going to have to get back on that train. Um, but, and then I came home, I worked, I worked until about five 30 and then I went to pick him up. Now I did have a bad habit of like picking him up early because I missed him. And then I'd come home and then like all of a sudden my email right. would be like, always six happens. Or seven always happens. Emails, and I'm like, nobody talked to me. All day. None of my clients <laughs> reached out to me all day. And now all of a sudden it's five o'clock in the evening and you like, I'm just like, yeah, everyone needs me. Yep. And I'm like, sorry, but yeah. And then we'd hang out and we had a little, a little routine, but it was different because I didn't like reach out like daycares. I don't know if they're like this in Atlanta, but the daycares where we were living in Utah are very basic in the way that they run as a business like there's no online website or anything like half the time they don't even answer the phone because it's a daycare they have how many kids running around yeah um there might be an email address I think there's an email address to the first daycare he was at but not the second one um and I'm like I couldn't find any like they didn't have a website and like their Facebook page hasn't been updated in like a year so I'm like (laughs) there's no way to get any kind of information so I just took that woman's statement statement as 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 true (laughs) right because I'm like well nobody can go into the building I saw that as I was like driving up like all the parents were waiting outside and they were only letting the kids in yeah and I'm like well I'm not gonna deal with that there's a line this woman looks essential yeah I'm like whatever um Come to find out that wasn't the case. All the kids were allowed to go. Well, and I think that's like the added layer of the confusion because it just was like constantly information changing. So that's what was so hard for us here too, because we had just moved here and I was like touring daycares to try to get her into one. And then they weren't allowing tours. They weren't even sure if they were going to allow new, new students, like new kids, because they were going to have to cut kids and X, Y, Z. And then they were like, we're not even sure if you want to be on the wait list because we don't even know if what we're going to do because we might have to put like our current people on a wait list and then you might be even further delayed. And then all of a sudden it was like, just, I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to deal with this because we're coming into a situation that should have been in a smoother transition. And it was just right. easier in some ways to keep her home, but then it added a whole nother layer of stress. And then what was interesting is that then my husband was furloughed for a little bit. And so it was nice because he was home but it's funny because, again, this goes back to, you know, the mom side of things. She preferred me because she has always mostly been with me. And so, right. so, and we were in working in the same space. I mean, my office happens to be in our living room kind of a thing. And so it was not really an option for me to, like, leave and go to the office and her be okay to be home with dad. She knew I was here. So she would be with dad, would want mom, and I'd be in the middle of a work call and she'd come interrupt mom. And so it was funny because it just, and you know, I, I, I remember calling my boss just in tears because I was just at, a, I was just at max capacity and she was like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm so fearful because they did have to let go some people at my company. And I said, I'm so fearful to be let go because I'm a mom. And she said, wait a minute, what? And I said, I'm, I, that's my biggest fear. I'm fearful because I have this extra burden almost upon my, my work ethic. When I will work twice as hard as anybody else, I said, but that's the like, 
I mean, that's what all these articles right now in the United States are saying. You know, I mean, the Rolling Stones just released one. New York Times just released one. Everyone's releasing these things that says you can't choose both a full time job and motherhood. You have to choose one or the other. And I think that that stress really got to me. And I remember calling my boss and she goes, don't ever feel that way. She goes, take the time you need, work what you need to work. We love having to interrupt meetings. You should know that. And so it was funny because I started to being like, I'm not alone in this. I know that being a parent is a much higher percentage of the population than anything else. And I think everyone's starting to feel this way. And I do sales and I'm on sales calls with people and I'm on the phone and she might interrupt me and I go, I'm so sorry. My toddler's in the background. She might start singing Elsa and Anna to us. I hope that's okay <laughs> with you. And they're like, oh my God, how old? We have XYZ this age, this age, this age. That's a fun age. And it almost became like an icebreaker because I think that every parent is feeling this heavy weight. And then especially right now with the decision of trying to decide, especially in like states that are highly impacted, what the heck to do with school or the school schedule that's, you know, remote partially and and a variety of different things. I think that that is just really starting to realize to people. And I think hopefully, I think it's definitely something to do with, you know, the United States has a, has many flaws when it comes to childcare and, and parenting and, and the working, you know, working and the classic nine to five, you know, all that stuff. But I'm hoping that as this continues, there might be something that may make a shift that says, listen, parents are 80% of your workforce. You need to come to a, you know, to a, to terms. You need to come to realizing that working from home is better for them. Flexible hours is better for them. That kind of thing. So I think I, I think they're definitely going to, because it's, it's not only going to just, it, it, it's proven to show better results. There's better performance when there's flexibility, when you're not you know, imprisoned from nine to five or chained to your desk, you know, with a, with a boss hounding down your neck, you know, when people, when employees are comfortable and they feel appreciated and they feel respected, they perform better. And when this whole Corona thing happened, um, well, actually even before that. So when I decided to go back to work, um, I took a couple jobs that were outside of my house, a um, couple like contract jobs. But one of the uh, companies that I'd always wanted to work for, and this is way before I even had Milo. When I was younger and I got into finance in the very beginning, I wanted to work for this particular worldwide bank and they're okay. Cleveland based. I've talked about them before in the podcast. So anybody who's listening probably knows the company I'm talking about, but they're based out of Cleveland um, or headquartered in Cleveland. And I'm originally from Ohio and I've always wanted to work for them. I remember going when I was like with my grandma as a kid and she would go into the bank and I would look around and it looked so fancy. Cleveland's pretty historical, um, in like the cities and stuff around it. But I remember going to the bank with my grandma and like looking up at this gold tin ceiling and everything looked very fancy. And there were like women and men in like suits and <laughs> yep. it was all professional and there they had all this money in a vault which I thought was awesome um and I, that memory kind of stuck with me and as I got older and I went to university I studied finance and I mean like as I progressed in my career after school and everything I was like always looking at this company like seeing what kind of jobs they had open and when I moved to Utah I took a job with them in their mortgage department 
And it was so hard for me. Like you were talking about earlier with your commute, I would have to get up, get Milo ready, get myself ready, um, get him into the car, which is a whole process in itself. <laughs> like getting him out of the apartment and into the car was like one of the hardest ordeals of my day. Yep. Like, I don't know why that particular moment in my day was like the most stressful, but it was a a process getting him from the house into his car seat in the car. Oh yeah. And then I had to take him to daycare and then I had to drive downtown Salt Lake to get to the office. I had to park in a parking garage, walk like a block and a half, go up an elevator, like 17 stories. It was a disaster. I have key cards. Like I had to dig in my purse for a key card so I could get access into the building. And then so I was one of the later people, like you were saying, because there's traffic and I know Atlanta has a lot worse commutes than <laughs> why we left there. We're no longer in Georgia, thank goodness, for just that reason. Because driving in Georgia is just a whole different creature. Oh, I've been there a few times and getting from a suburban neighborhood to downtown or even like not even all the way downtown, just into like the city limits was like an ordeal. Yeah. But it's like the same thing with Utah. Like Utah, I don't think they ever expected Salt Lake to be as big of a city as it's becoming. So their highway systems and their road systems are, it's like driving in a small town just with like, I don't know, 1.2 million people or something. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, That's fine. Be a metropolitan city and have one highway. That's, that's smart. Um, (laughs) But it would take me an hour to get downtown. And then coming home, it would take me an hour and a half. And I don't know why. Totally took longer. There's always construction. And I was running out the door. I was like, I hate to say it, but I was like speeding to daycare because I would sometimes pick him up at like 5.59. Oh, yeah. Close at six. And it's like daycares are not convenient they're not designed for I don't think they're really designed for parents they because they're open the same hours that we're supposed to be working right and it's like so I have to drop him off and then be like a little bit late to work and then I have to rush out the door I couldn't take lunches. I had no lunch when I worked downtown because I needed to work through that hour so I could take my lunch the last hour of my day. So I could basically just leave an hour early so I could pick up Milo from from daycare. And it was exhausting. That pressure, the stress, knowing that if there was a car accident, I would be late and Milo could get kicked out of daycare because they don't care if you're late to pick up your kid like three times. They're like, sorry, you're not respecting our rules. Yeah. You got to find a new daycare. And if there was construction, which it's Utah, there's always construction. Um, if there was a car accident, also the worst drivers in the world, there's always a car accident. Yep. Like <laughs> if there was anything, anything at all, like that would, put me because I had like 10 minutes of a buffer yep if there was anything that put me over that 10 minutes I was gonna be late to pick him up oh yeah I had the you know the how the Waze app tells you if you need to be somewhere at a certain time and then if, if an accident or something happens you can actually set it to alert you 
to tell you. So that's like the, was like the newer thing for the Waze app. And it was, you could set the time you had to be somewhere and then it would alert you if there was like an accident or anything like that, that was going to, that you should leave earlier than you originally, you know, would think it would be like, leave now to make it on time kind of a thing. And I need that. And it was always late. (laughs) It was great because I put it as like, I literally put it at like 545 just to give myself buffer that like I would have to leave. And all of a sudden, like, I mean, seriously, Atlanta's known for horrible traffic, especially when it rains. Cause you know, people in people don't know how to drive the rain. <laughs> so it would all of a sudden start pouring raining. And I kid you not, it would be like three 30 and my phone would go off and be like, to make it there on time, you have to leave now. Oh gosh. And I would literally say to my boss or and it'd be crazy too, because I was in sales. So like if I was scheduled, to, I put buffers on my, on my calendar to make sure that no one ever scheduled me a sales call at like four 30 but sometimes they did. And I was like, listen, I'm leaving. I will take my last call at home. I will do it. I said, I have no time right now. It's yes. I understand it's two o'clock, but I'm going to leave now because otherwise I cannot do my job. Like I will have to tell you that I cannot do this call. So I would leave and go do a sales call from home and then be five minutes away to pick her up. And like, it would work in that way, but it just became like, managing my calendar became less about being productive and more about just making sure I'm checking all the boxes. And that's when I realized that like, I was so spent, like you said, so spent. I was just, I would come home and then look at the fact that like I had to, you know, I'd make, I'd get home, pick her from daycare, want to spend some time with her, cook dinner, you know, or, or eat dinner. Cause my husband's a chef. So he was nine percent of the time cooking, but like if he was home, cook dinner. And then it was like, okay, great now it's bedtime and then I'd be so exhausted because I'd have to be up at 6am to do it all over again. That it was just, you look at your pile of laundry and you're like, that's not happening. You look at the house and you're <laughs> like, that's not happening. And, right. but then you get to the weekend where you want to unwind and have fun. And all of a sudden you look at the chore list of things that you were left leaving at home. And I just realized that like, I just was pushing myself to a limit that like just was no fun. I mean, just, just trying to balance it all became just truly impossible. And I just was never actually able to enjoy my time. And, you know, looking back at it now, it's definitely sad because I definitely feel like I missed out on some of the fun that I could have had with, with her, but it's definitely, that's how I feel. It's just hard. Like it's a hard thing to realize that, to feel like you you're constantly like in this motion moving forward that you missed it. So there are things that I'm thankful about right now with being in this time being, especially because she's doing some, you know, huge leaps right now. She almost turns two into toddlerhood. So like the the vocab is there, that kind of stuff, but also the tantrums are there. And I'm like, God, I wish I could send you off somewhere to daycare (laughs) to get some work done, which is terrible, but also so true just because, I mean, I took my first break the other day without her, like without being around her to get my hair cut the other day in four and a half months. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> I'm officially back in Nevada. And do you know what that means? That's right. Nakedwines.com deliveries, baby. I ordered my first box before my U-Haul even crossed state lines. So I knew it would be there waiting for me. I can't even tell you how easy, affordable, yummy, and pain-free it is to support independent wineries, not have to make a trip out of the house during hashtag corona season, and get that great-tasting wine delivered directly to your door. Head over to NakedWines.com today and use code MOMMYWINES50 to get your first six bottles for only $34.99. 
That's right. Six bottles of wine delivered to you for $50 off. Choose from a box of carefully curated whites, more reds, or even spice it up with a mix of both. That's NakedWines.com, and don't forget to use code MOMMYWINES50. Oh, I first, like, couple of hours away from her in four and a half months, and it was weird. Like, that's, that's, that's the hard part, is it was weird. And that was what was so sad about it, is it's just the fact that I feel like, I mean, I'm part of so many, like, great mom support groups and things like that, and it's just like, the, I hear the same thing over and over again. Just, you know, having to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, balancing this, balancing that. And it's funny because a lot of them are, you know, stay at home moms and, you know, just having to spend trying to think of how to be creative outside the box and doing all these things. And I, you know, feel for them too. And then I also just feel for moms who are like me who are trying to work a full time job and also manage all this where it's like, I hear the constant, you know, how many times have I been on a Zoom meeting and she comes up to me and tells me she has to go to the potty. And I'm like, can you pause for a second? So I can take my daughter to go to the bathroom. Like, so sorry. We all need to pause. You're lucky your daughter goes to the bathroom. I am going to be packing pull-ups in my, in my son's bag when I send him off to college. I swear to God, he is never going to potty train. Doesn't care. Has no interest in it. She is a smarty pants and she's too smart for her own good. And she... She wanted to potty train herself. So we were like, she was the one who hated being in diapers and would scream her head off. So we were like, all right, let's give this a try. I feel like that's everybody I've spoken to that has a girl. That's how they are. Milo, he could wake up after sleeping all night with a full diaper and he could <laughs> care less. Oh, He's like, man. well, whatever. And then he will be up for probably three hours before he will even let me change his diaper. Like, he'll come up uh-huh. to me and he'll be like, okay, new pull-up. And I'm like, the <laughs> fact that you're coming up to me telling me, that, telling me. <laughs> that you like you want a new pull-up, it's like you should just be telling me that you have to go to the bathroom. But no. You've got to do the naked thing. You really got to just do it. Just let him be naked. I'm thinking about doing that now because when I was in Salt Lake, we lived on the third floor of a three-story apartment complex. Okay. And I was like, well, I could just, like, stick him out on the patio or something. But now that we're in Nevada, we're in a smaller town. There's not as much, like, traffic or yeah. everything I did in Utah. The way I breathed air offended people. So, <laughs> like, uh, now that we're in Nevada, where there's a bit more freedom, a little bit more space, we're also on like a ground level, like our townhouse is like a ground level. So I'm like, okay, maybe we can do this. We have a bigger backyard. I'm like, I'm just gonna strip you down and just stick your ass outside. That's what we did. That's what we did. <laughs> Spray you down with some sunscreen and not let you inside until you tell me you have to go to the bathroom. Call it good. Call it good. <laughs> I'll let the dog potty train him because we have a golden doodle. Oh, God. My daughter, we have a German Shepherd and a Cocker Spaniel that she was in the backyard with. And she she was naked at one point in time in the backyard. This is a true story. It was very funny. And she was playing in her pool, in her little kiddie pool, naked. And she knows that the dogs poop in the backyard. And she knows where they go and poop in the backyard. And I saw her walk over there. And I was like, what is she doing? And she squatted down to go to the bathroom. And I literally, I couldn't even stop her because I couldn't <laughs> stop laughing. I was like, I, there's no, I'm going to just keep laughing at this because I just can't stop laughing. And at least it's outside. 
and it worked and she wasn't wrong she at least went to where the dogs go potty so I'm like it's not <laughs> wrong but man it's just funny I just I don't know I'm I'm I keep trying to focus on the positives but there's also times especially when work's just busy that I'm like I just would love to go back to some normalcy but yeah. it's funny because I have a mom who, I have a, my mother is works in the healthcare profession and she goes do you think there's going to be a normalcy again? And I was like, that's a, that's a tough question. It really is. What is the new normal going to look like? I just think this whole thing is a bit overkill. I'm, I don't know. I'm just tired of it because I just, I, I don't live my life in a way that I'm constantly just fearful. So I'm like, I, I don't get flu shots. Because every time I do get a flu shot, I get the flu. And it's worse than if I were to not get a flu shot and get the flu. Like, so I'm like, okay, well, this obviously is not working for me. So I don't get the flu shot. And I like every, I've had the flu probably three times. Two of them was like after I've gotten the flu shot. It was like the the two days later I got it. And it was awful. And the one time I didn't get a flu shot. And I just got it from probably some random person or like germs at the store or something. Yeah. It was like, ah, uh, three days, I felt crappy, whatever, moving on. And it was fine. So I've, like, given up on the flu shot. And, but I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I'm not somebody who consistently, like, lives my life in fear. And I know, like, the media has just made, like, a whole circus of this whole coronavirus thing. But I'm like, how long are they going to, like, shut down the economy? How many small businesses are going to suffer? How many people are going to lose their houses? What, like, how long are they going to let kids go basically uneducated? Because I know there's moms out there like me <laughs> that are not homeschool moms. Nope. I wish I could. If I could homeschool Milo, I would love to. But I do not have a homeschool bone in my body. And Milo does not look like when I would pick him up from his daycare and it's like a half daycare, half preschool. Yep. They would be like, oh, he is so attentive. He's such a sweet boy. You know, he does so well. He knows all of his colors. He does so good in, in, in class. And then he gets into the car and he starts screaming and he starts throwing things and he doesn't want to do any colors or letters or numbers or anything with me at home. And he's just like a tiny terrorist. Well, and they say, they say your kids are always worse behaved with you because they're most comfortable, which is like a somewhat comforting thing, but also like such a pain in the ass in the same way. <laughs> right. It's a pain. And I am like, if I had to homeschool him, he might as well just become a mountain man and like live in like the middle of nowhere and not talk to anybody because he's going to be like so messed up. <laughs> like I could not homeschool him. Okay. Like he... I want him to be, like, smart and educated and, like, I guess educationally prepared for the world. But, like, that's not going to happen if you're going to make me do it myself. So I'm just, like, wondering, like, not I, – I know not everyone can be a homeschool parent. Like, uh, parents work. Parents, you know, sometimes, like, their kids don't, like, look at us like a teacher. He, does, he looks at me like his mom. He's great with when he visits his dad. He's great when he's in school. But when he's at home, I'm his mom. I'm yeah. not anything other than that. And I think that's fine because I didn't sign up to be anything other than that. Right. And, like, I I just want to send my damn kid to school. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's crazy, too, because it's like, I mean, 
my my husband and I have had this conversation multiple times. And sorry, my daughter is yelling in the background for me. Um, but my husband and I have had this conversation multiple times too, because it's like the hardest thing sometimes is just the fact that like, what is the impact of some of this too? I mean, she's a toddler. We unfortunately have done way more screen time than she probably should have. We've watched every Disney movie, I think out there at least, at least three times. And it is what it is in some ways, but at the same time, it's so hard because it's so hard because there's like, there's relationship things that you don't have the option to teach. You know what I mean? How do you, how do you teach a my a toddler who is home by herself, who has yet to have to share anything, what sharing is? How do you, how do you teach her how to have proper personal interactions? How do you teach her how to do these things that, you know, I trust me, I have a lot of friends who are kindergarten teachers and I give them more credit than anything in the world. They teach basic human interaction that I'm like, I don't know how you teach that. Like, I don't know. How do you, (laughs) how do you you teach how to, you know, respect someone's personal bubble? How do you teach how to, you know, kindly share how do you like, Oh my gosh. I would be arrested if I had to like be in a room of like 15 toddlers (laughs) cause I would just like end up smacking one of them because (laughs) I would just lose it. I have a friend here who's in, who's a preschool teacher and she asked me she's like are you gonna send my little preschool and I'm like oh my god I hope so and she's like well I, she just took her son to uh the preschool orientation and there's so many rules and regulations and they're making it so difficult that like most of the parents just got up and left oh I can't even imagine I just I just really can't even imagine it's just I just think that it's just like so hard and I mean I understand I understand both sides of that. I understand the science of trying to understand this virus that spreads really easily, that does X, Y, Z. I understand that. I really do. We don't have any idea what the after effects is, you know, et cetera. But at the same time, it's like this whole other aspect of things, which is, you know, I, it's so funny because my daughter has been able to, because things have opened up here in North Carolina a little bit and we've been able to do some things. And she's like so immediately excited to see another kid that she like stands so close to them that I'm like, how do you teach a personal bubble? Like girlfriend back up like yeah. four inches that I just, you know, it's so it's those things that it's like, man, I just, it, your heart kind of hurts that they are so deprived of interaction with other kids, their age. And you're like, man, this is tough. This, this is hard. This is, you know, not what you, what it's, it's those after aftermath effects that we, I guess we just, I don't know if we've thought about or talked about or any of that information, but I think that that's definitely something that is on my head a bunch, just thinking about, especially with experiencing it with our daughter. Yeah. it It's something that's concerned me even before coronavirus, because living in Salt Lake, um, a lot of the people in my neighborhood who had kids, there's tons of kids everywhere around Utah. They're just like weeds they're just everywhere everywhere you look there's a kid somewhere yeah um (laughs) it's very family oriented over there but um like milo was already going through so much isolation because there is a very dominant population in the state of utah and and unless you belong to that organization or are a part of that community they don't really interact outside of that yep um and so we would live in these suburban neighborhoods that i thought when I moved there, I'd never been there before. 
So I was looking for the closest thing to my suburban town of, in Ohio that I could get in Utah. And yeah. it happened to be like the worst part of the neighborhood for like a normal wine drinking, coffee loving single mom. <laughs> yeah. To be, it was like I just plopped myself right down in like a pool of sharks. Um, so like Milo was already going through that kind of isolation. He would look at me and he'd be like, I, like, I know I can't play with these kids. And there, his eyes would just, like, well up when a parent would run out and, like, grab their kid and, like, take it away because they were playing with Milo. Um, and, like, that's one of the reasons why we decided to move was so he could get a little bit more interaction with other kids. And yeah. And could have friends and, like, a little bit more of a normal life. But then this whole corona thing happened. And, like, we were playing, like, I was, I knew that I could not live in Utah forever. It was just not a sustainable lifestyle for us. So I was, like, already looking at leaving and, like, dreaming and, like, planning. And then I almost went through this whole home buying process. Thank God that went down the crapper. (laughs) Um, Because I was like, well, if I live in this, like, tiny town outside of Salt Lake, maybe it won't be as bad. And I'm like, no. It's going to be as bad. So now I moved and I'm in Nevada, but um, it just sucks because the whole reason why I wanted to get out of the state of Utah was so that Milo could have a little bit of a normal life. You know, he could go to birthday parties. He could have friends. He could go to the playground. He could just have like a a childhood. And it's something that he couldn't have in Utah because we're just a normal family. Yeah. (laughs) Just like a regular, like it's just me and him hanging out, living our life. Um, but it's, it's definitely weird because he gets like, I don't even take him out because if we were to go to Walmart or anything with him, he gets scared because he like sees all these people with masks and he's like, who, who are they? Do I know them? Why are they wearing this? And it, it also scares me too, because, um, one of the organizations that I was introduced to was our rescue and they're based out of Salt Lake. And um, it's, there's like a huge issue right now. Human trafficking, kid, ab- child abductions yep. are out of control because everybody is unidentifiable. Right. In the mask. Anybody, yeah. Everyone's wearing a mask. Oh, Everyone's face yeah. is covered. And I don't wear a mask unless I have to, because, well, A, I wear glasses Uh and you can, I need to see, and I can't wear my glasses if I have a mask because they keep falling off my head. Um, And then also it makes me, it makes me almost panic attacky. Like I feel very claustrophobic. My heart will start racing. I feel like I can't breathe. So I try to not wear my mask as much as possible. So I've been doing a lot of like Amazon ordering instead of going to Walmart. I've been getting a lot of things delivered, like groceries and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't do that now because now I live in the middle of the desert in northern Nevada. But like, yeah. <laughs> I did like grocery pickup so I wouldn't have to go inside. Like just like little things like that. Yeah, but I'm like, ah. like. It's like simple things that I miss. I miss like sitting down at a bar or I miss going to a playground and like not having these helicopter moms spraying their kids down with like antibacterial spray or like, I don't know. Like I miss wandering the aisles of like a supermarket, which is something I didn't think I was going to miss. Right. But 
I don't know. It's It's been nice because I've had so much more time to work because there's literally nothing to do because everything's <laughs> closed. Um, but I'm like, man, like I'm kind of um, a little burned out over here. But like, there's I also, kind of, and that's, like, that's the double-edged sword of that because it's like, there's so much free time at home. And we, my husband and I have talked about this because like we bought our house and he had the time and there were some things that we wanted to do fixing up the house. And so he would do them and he would really like, you know, he flipped our kitchen in like two and a half days, which was great. But, <laughs> but like on the flip side of that, then he was so burnt out afterwards. And it's like, how do you refill your cup? And that was like this whole conversation that him and I had. Because it's yeah. like, I was basically like my refilling my cup time a lot of times, especially when she was, you know, working daycare and whatnot, was just being able to have some time to myself, like in true silence, having a cup of coffee or doing that workout that I wanted to do, or even just like taking just a little bit of time and taking an, you know, whatever it may be. But what was so weird is the fact that like, you look at, you literally and I, and I gave so much more credit to stay at home parents too during this time, because I'm like, your job is from sun up to sundown. Like you don't get a break when they don't go somewhere, you don't get a break. And then right. add on everything else. It was like, there literally wasn't time to refill my cup. And I remember having, I mean, I like love my husband dearly because he's always the one who like, I am very much if you've ever done the the anagram that stuff, I'm very much a type three, but also a type two. So like, I'm that person who just like selflessly gives and gives and gives and gives and gives until I burn myself out. And so mm. the problem is, is that like we were, that's what we were doing. I mean, I was working my tail off being, you know, trying to be super mom, being super wife, doing X, Y, Z, just because we were home. Like, yeah, okay, cool. I can do this and that and that and this and that, and I'll get the laundry done today. And <laughs> then like, you know, you do that for two straight weeks. Cause you can't do anything. You can't, you know, like you said, go wander the store for a while. I know. My house was the cleanest it's ever been like the first two weeks of quarantine. And then after that, it just looked like shit because you just burn out. And that's the thing is like this level of almost unproductivity that we've reached because there is not that anything to vacations are canceled. You can't go and sit and do a date night. You can't sit and do this. And so it's so interesting to me because I think that like, we've now hit the other end of the pendulum almost of like now we're starting to dive into the, un, you know, unproductivity and, right. and people that are super stressed out and especially people that may be home that aren't working right now that, you know, the care act has ran out. So now there's less money coming in and they're sitting here going, okay, this was supposed to last me until things are back to normal and things aren't back to normal. And I think that that's like, horrible and scary and sad and it's just it's just I think it's just I think that the world just needs to sit and take this for a hot second and go okay I think we need to have a conversation about what the working parent is and I think we need right. to have a conversation urgently versus you know kind of continuously putting this underneath the rug a little bit hey wine moms and puppy lovers everywhere I wanted to let you know that our new store, The Fetching Barker, is now open. Shop the cutest and eco-friendly, natural, and handcrafted dog supplies. The Fetching Barker has everything your pup needs and so much more. From toys to travel essentials, a wide line of CBD and hemp products, snacks and treats to handcrafted accessories. Shop your favorite brands like Pet Head, Becco Pets, Papilla, Pedalton Pet, and more, 
or find new brands that I am sure you're going to love. Visit thefetchingbarker.com and feel good that a portion of all profits go to support global conservation efforts. I mean, this is the planet our pet loves, right? That's thefetchingbarker.com. And that's like what where my whole statement of, I just don't think the fear behind coronavirus is sustainable because like people are out of work. How long are you going to keep them out of work? And then right now, so many marriages are falling apart. Luckily, I'm like, I don't say it often because I would love to be married, but like, I'm so thankful I am not stuck at home like just being driven crazy by somebody who is like my grandma and my grandpa had an arranged marriage and he went to the war after they got married, came back, I don't know, a few years later (laughs) and then went to work every single day was up at like four in the morning, came home at like (laughs) five or six at night. When he retired, my grandma was like, this man is driving me crazy. Like, cause he was, he was never home. They just had this well-oiled machine of a life that they maintained every day. They had a routine. Um, and now people are now stuck at home, especially like people in like the city who mm-hmm. are living in like smaller spaces, maybe a studio or a loft style apartment or city living was just like sustainable before because, they would spend most of their time in an office or commuting or doing whatever. But now they're home. They're living in like an apartment or whatever, like on top of each other. There's probably most of the time there's two workspaces or two office spaces that never used to be there before. And I've spoken to a lot of people throughout quarantine and just looking at like the statistics, like marriages are falling apart. Like, People are losing their houses. Small businesses are failing. Like, I just, I don't think it's a sustainable way of life. Like, children need to be educated. Adults need to go to work. Like, people need to pay their bills. And I just, I don't think, like, I get it. Like, we should all be cautious. But, like, if it's, it's not like a flesh-eating acid bacteria disease or anything. All you're telling us to do is wear a face mask and wash your hands. It's obviously not that deadly to just ruin so many people's lives. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, just, it's making a lot of things hard. And I don't think they need to be that hard. But it has definitely changed. One of the things I'm, I'm grateful for is that I am self-employed. And yeah. I am able to work from anywhere. And and having Milo, just having it just be me and Milo has been so great because it's been me and Milo since he was born. So, like, I'm lucky that I'm not trying to sustain, you know, a job with a boss and I don't have to sustain a marriage and I don't have to sustain, you know, everything else because luckily his dad's a minor. I'm self-employed. We don't stop working. Right. That's one of the things, like, that I've kind of taken back and I've actually worked more throughout the coronavirus because there's a lot of PPP money that businesses were applying for. Uh, 
auditors always take advantage of times like this. Oh, because, yeah. Um, and that's part of my job is I have to keep businesses compliant. I basically just save small business owners from auditors who are like, like they're the, the shark and yeah. the small businesses are like the fish. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, don't get eaten by the shark because auditors do not care. No. They don't look at the emotional side of running a business. They are strictly logical. Yeah. And, you know, they don't care if you're, if your only daughter just got married and you spent a bunch of money or they don't care if, you know, your retail space flooded and you didn't have, you know, customers or funds or you had to spend a lot of money to fix it or whatever you know they are looking at the black and white you know numbers data only yeah so there were a lot of auditor like a lot of small businesses being audited throughout corona there's a lot of loans for like the forgiveness ppp all of that stuff being applied for because they mean it they wanted to keep running like businesses they I don't think anybody goes in the business because they want to fail. No. So there's a lot of people rushing around right now because everything had to be like forcedly shut down. It's just been a disaster. And I just, I'm hoping that they just realize that it's just not sustainable to be. So this is what's interesting to me. Can you imagine working? And like, I'm very thankful right now that my job is very understanding. And like, I look at my mom who, you know, is a director for a bunch of nurses and her nurses, she's, you know, she's working with them to help them do opposite schedules so that they can help watch each other's kids during this time. And, and I just think about that. And I think about something and I go, there are people out there that are dealing with a boss and like part of my friends here who don't give a shit that you have. Right. Kids. And I said, I just can't imagine, like, I feel stress. And I think most of my stress is like my own self doing. And like you said, the own, you know, just wanting the ability to fill your cup, to be able to step away, to be able to get your kid the best education, the best situation, the best whatever. But I just can't imagine being in a situation where you have a boss who is like very not understanding. And I just, I think that there is a very high population of people out there. And unfortunately, there's going to be a high population of people out there that are going to be moms because it's it's predominantly moms who are going to leave the workforce. And we're going to see this huge decline in a workforce. And it's going to be this weird, weird world for a little bit where I, I mean, I see these, you know, if you're on any kind of local mom Facebook group, you know that there's a bunch of moms that are like, hey, I'm opening my home up to help with these. Like you said, those are those moms that have that bone for homeschooling and you're like, good for you. Oh you my go, God, girl. bless their heart. You're like, you go girl. But, uh, but yes, it's please like, take my kid. It's like <laughs> those moms something. that are like, Hey, I'm opening my home up to these X, Y kids. I quit my job. I did X, Y, Z. And you're like, I just can't imagine. And I have some, I have some friends right now who are struggling with it because daycares are jacking up prices in some areas because a lot of daycares failed. They now have to do X, Y, Z. They, you know, X, Y, Z here. So now they're looking at how much money they make, how much work it's going to be to pay for daycare because they can't just send to school because schools are canceled. So instead of sending to school, they have to send to daycare or they have to send a nanny or X, Y, Z. So this in their mindset where their taxes are going to school, they're not going to actually be able to use that. They have to pay additional money. And they're all sitting here going, what do I do? Do I quit my job? What do I do when I quit my job? How long am I going to be out of a job? And I just, it's, it's more beneficial. And it's always women who have this. Always, it's, always. it's always the moms because 
daycare was already so expensive. And I love that you brought this up before quarantine. But now it's more expensive because they've obviously had to jack up their prices for so many reasons. And now it's like, you might as well not even try. Unless you have like something you're doing from home. Um, Like I do teach, I have an online course on how I started my bookkeeping business. Yeah. Um, So unless you're doing something like that, unless you have a really understanding boss that's going to let you work remotely and you don't have to be like on a Zoom call or on a phone. Um, Because even with my podcast, I schedule these episodes um, every other weekend. I like to record when my son is with his dad. Um, just so I have peace and quiet so you on don't have my this. end. You don't have the yeah, <laughs> but like it's easier. Like I get it. I don't care if she makes her debut in an episode. That's fine. But imagine if you had to edit that on both sides. Oh yeah, it's impossible. So like, it's just um, unless you have some job where like it's just like data entry. Yeah. And and like most of the jobs that you can do from home and like they don't care. They're not gonna ride you. There's no deadlines. You don't have to be on the phone or be on a video conference. They're normally jobs that also don't pay very well. Yeah, exactly. And they're and they're not fun. No. And I'm weird. I think bookkeeping and payroll is fun. Um, that's why I've done it for so long. But I'm uh, also I'm not the most um, like emotional person. I like working with my small business clients because I get to be with like a lot of different like I have like a construction client. Yeah. and I have a really cool art gallery client. So I can kind of get like a little creative and like dip my toe in like a bunch of different businesses. Right. But, like, the bottom line logical aspect is what I love. There's a lot of people who are, like, more creative. Women tend to be more creative and emotional. And they've had to leave jobs that, you know, aren't fully capable of being remote. And I don't know. I think it's just beneficial because daycare is already so expensive. You're walking away at the end of the month. With a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Is it is it really worth it? And now that the prices are going up, are you going to not make any money from your job and then be negative a couple hundred bucks? Just so, like, it, it's really a catch-22. It is. And that's the scary part is it truly is, like you said, a catch-22 where it's like you sit and you look at these things. And even, I mean, for us, my husband right now being furloughed, like, you know, we – I make good money in my job. And like, it's one of those things too, that's really interesting because I could never leave my job. Like I just couldn't, I love my job dearly. I would never want to leave my job, but we also could never leave leave my job. And we are a rarity situation. You know what I mean? Like we are where I am definitely the person who, you know, sometimes brings in more money and, and that's, it is what it is. And, and we live a comfortable life, but at the same time, it's like so hard because it's, it's, you know, people that don't know if they're going to get their jobs back or are furloughed or are temp right now or whatever, and they have right. no idea. And then, you know, you've got daycares and preschools and XYZ being like, you have to make your decision for the year, not just for a couple of weeks, not just for whatever, for the year by Sunday. You have to make your decision for the year by Tuesday, by whatever. Oh, and it's geez. like, yeah. But it's, I mean, these are what people are dealing with. And it's just crazy to me because it's like, I can't imagine that feeling. And I have a very, I have a very good friend and I love her dearly. And she's like, she's a person who like 
I just want to take my kids and I'm going to teach them something different. We're going to go and just road trip. We're going to just, we're going to do, I'm going to pack them into a car. And if they want to learn, they're just going to learn the world. <laughs> and I'm like that. Maybe that's what I should do. Just go on like <laughs> RV share and be like, Hey neighbor, can I borrow your RV for but like, like a year? <laughs> at the same time, we were talking and joking because I have a friend who, um, you know, lives in like, uh, the, she lives in the kind of Illinois farm area and, and whatnot. And, and we were talking about it and she's like, what's funny though, is I made a joke to my grandparents and they're like, yeah, but this is, you got to look at how we learned. We learned, we didn't have schools back then in our small communities. We learned by parents each took a day off and they taught us the subject that they were good at. So someone taught someone with, you know, the local car mechanic taught all the kids about cars and that's how they learned engineering. The local, you know, whatever taught all the kids about cooking and that's how they learned science. And it was just really interesting because it's almost feels like we're going back a few steps in that way where it's like less about learning, uh, you know, how to nail the ACT score and more about right. learning how to just do wor the world, I guess. And I'm really like curious. function, yeah, <laughs> efficiently in, I'm, in I'm, life. I'm curious to see how this impacts the like generation of kids that come through here. I'm curious to see, like you said, how does it impact them mentally, emotionally, etc. I mean, and for a for a short stint of my life, I was a college admission counselor, and I remember looking at looking at college admissions, and I'm just so curious because I would love to be on that side of things right now again because I'm so curious. The kids that come next year that spent their whole, you know, junior, senior year and, you know, in quarantine and, and were and writing those essays. I'm just so curious when all their clubs, you know, all these clubs and things like that, that were almost anchoring them into getting into the college of their dream. You know what I mean? Like all of that stuff yeah, that was anchoring them into the college dream. They can't do that. So like what's going to, you know, is, is the entire education system going to change overall? Is a lot of things going to change? So I'm always I think it needs to. Because I have done a lot of research. I was one of those crazy, crazy people. When I was pregnant, I was like, oh, my God, is it public school? Is it private school? And then I started getting into this. Um, it's called co-op learning, which yep. is basically like you were saying, where like somebody who is good at something teaches it to kids. And like you kind of like rotate, you know, throughout your community. Yeah. Um. And farmers have been doing that forever. Yep. Um, small communities have been doing that forever. Um, parents have been doing that forever. Like, I'm trying to start up a working mom's wine club here in my oh, tiny I'm little town. Um, and it's hard because, like, no, I don't mind stay-at-home moms. I think it is great. I stayed home. I was never married, but I was able to stay home for a little bit to raise Milo. And I loved that time. Yeah. But I'm like, if I am going to spend like my two days a month, you know, hanging out with other moms and communicating and like just <coughs> venting and, yeah. and engaging and having like an adult time, you know, like I kind of don't want to hear about like, like you're, it's not something that's going to be easily relatable because being a stay-at-home mom and, like, the struggles that come with that, and there are struggles. It's not, like, the easiest thing. It, it is a sacrifice that you're making. But, like, it's going to be different than, like, a working mom, especially right now, like we've been talking about with coronavirus. Um, 
so I've been like looking at like starting something like that up and that's also going to be a co-op situation because not everybody co-parents like I do a lot of the women around especially in the Elko Nevada area yeah um like their husbands work funky schedules so like they're not always going to be reliable to step in so like you know the moms can have like a night out or whatever so it's going to kind of be like this you know rotating kind of thing like I don't know we're gonna have to draw like straws or something (laughs) because it's gonna kind of be like that co-op situation but when I was looking at you know planning Milo's education in the future there it just it's education in America is very outdated yeah and they're preparing children for a lifestyle and for jobs that don't exist anymore and um i don't know i think there's going to be a lot of benefits to coronavirus i think it's going to open a lot of a lot of eyes and conversation anything it's have it's sparking a lot of different conversations and i think a lot of things are going to be changing um and i hope for the better i just hope this is one of those things that in a couple years or even next year or something we can look back at and be like ha 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 remember that one time coronavirus everyone wore face masks how weird yeah (laughs) like I hope it's one of those situations where we can like look back on it and be like well that was a little dramatic but like yeah it doesn't seem I don't know it doesn't seem as extreme as like you know what was a big thing like tuberculosis or like the Spanish (laughs) flu or whatever like you know when I was in Salt Lake I worked um I did the bookkeeping and stuff for the Maverick Center where the hockey team plays and it's owned by the city so they cleared out like they moved all of like the hockey equipment they took the ice out for the Grizzlies team and like they cleared it all out and they cleaned it because it was supposed to be one of those buildings um Oh my gosh, I forget what they call it. But like if there's ever like a pandemic yeah. or like a an emergency, like they use it as like a makeshift hospital. Yeah. So they cleared everything out. They had this whole cleaning company come in, come clean everything so it could be like sterilized yeah. and whatever. So they they could put like the people who were needing to be quarantined and like I guess dying from coronavirus yeah. to like be there and like so they could have regular hospitals open. Yeah. But coronavirus isn't that severe of a thing. So, like, they actually didn't end up using it. Okay. And, like, no medical equipment ever showed up or anything. Oh, goodness. Um, so, it was really dramatic for, like, a month. Because <laughs> they had to take out this whole entire event center. And there's, like, concerts they have there. And there's, like, offices and all okay. of this stuff, right? Locker rooms for, like, the hockey teams. Yeah. And they cleaned everything. Oh, my God. Um, and then in the middle of that, the, like, evacuation or whatever, um, there was an earthquake. Okay. So they had, like, earthquake people come in and do a bunch of work. And they're like, well, and then the city's like, oh, we changed our mind. Uh, coronavirus isn't that big of a deal. So we're not going to be using the Maverick Center for quarantine or makeshift hospital or endowing it or whatever. I forget what it's called. Okay. Um, so then, like, they started just putting everything back in, and then we all just went back to work. And I'm like, okay. Okay. I'm like, okay, so if it's not that serious, why can't we go back to, like, regular life? And they're like, oh, well, we can't do that. 
it's just not people are just quarantining in their homes and I'm like okay and then that was in like March so (laughs) it's been a while (laughs) well and it's so funny to me that you talked about you know the whole co-op thing and you know with husbands going back to work and working different schedules and things like that like because that's what's actually it's funny that's actually how the name my Instagram name and blog name came about was because of being a working mom and trying to balance it all and unfortunately like having to I mean my husband worked in the restaurant industry and so his hours were super wonky like he worked on oh yeah he worked late nights you know so it was being a full-time working mom and a full-time parent at sometimes. And so it was funny because I remember, I remember like my boss had given me kind of a hard time about not coming to one of our happy hours because a bunch of like our team was going to be there, including our CEO and, and everything. And I was like, I will be there, but I will be bringing along my daughter. And I remember she was like maybe nine months old. And I remember I worked from home that day, picked her up from daycare, drove into Atlanta to go, um, to go to this happy hour. And I remember like jokingly dying laughing. My daughter was maybe, yeah, she was about nine months old and she took the beer can out of my CEO's hand. And, <laughs> and like, thankfully it was empty. It was hilarious. Like she took it out. I immediately like, gave it back to him and then like took a drink from my cup and she tried to look at my cup and I said, no, 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 that's mama's. And I remember one of my coworkers go, yeah, that's mama's sippy cup. We can get you one of yours. And it was oh. always so funny because it just made me realize that like, I don't know if it was me because of, of what society expected that felt weird about my daughter being there or if it was, you know, was my team feeling like it was weird there because I was the only parent, only mom. But at the same time, I was like, I want to break this stigma. Like, I want to break the stigma that, you know, we sit and say, you know, you know this, you know, you know, mommy's mommy's cup or things like that. You know, the mommy wine glass, mom's, you know, after work, and right. after wine. And it's like, you know, that's considered sometimes negative. But yet when someone says it's five o'clock somewhere or can't wait for five o'clock when they're done with the work day, that's not considered negative. And I'm like, you know, right. I would like to break the stigma where it's like I can be both. I can be a super hardworking employee who wants to, you know, wants to work her tail off. And I also can be a really awesome mom because I want to be that role model for my daughter so she can see a hardworking woman. But at the same time, yes, I enjoy a good drink. I function pretty much on coffee until about a certain time. And then usually I drink <laughs> enough water to kind of give, you know, give me life. And then I switch to a cocktail or I switch to a beer or I switch to wine. And that's probably yeah. always be it. And I just hope that like, I know that this time frame has kind of created a lot of like really dark shadows on a lot of stigmas. And so, you know, I'm so, so thankful that you invited me here because of having this talk and being able to be like, no, you can do it all, but right now it's damn hard. That's, yeah. that's the answer. You can be an awesome yeah. mom and an awesome employee or an awesome stay-at-home mom or whatever it may be. But, like, right now, everyone is just trying to tread, and you're doing a yeah. really great job treading. <laughs> are you a fan of the Mommy Wines podcast? Well, of course you are, or you wouldn't be hearing this right now. One of the best ways to support the show you love, besides obviously tuning in every Wine Wednesday for new episodes is shopping the Mommy Wines merch store on teespring.com. This is where you'll find all of the Mommy Wines branded goodness, mugs to hold your coffee over cardio morning java, iPhone and Samsung cases, premium ultra soft hoodies perfect for upcoming cooler months, and of course flowy teas and tanks flattering on every mommy out there. 
Go shop the Mommy Wine storefront on teespring.com and make sure to use code WINEMOM for free shipping. Well, definitely share with the listeners um, where they can find you and your blog on online or social media. Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty simple. It's Mama Sippy Cup no matter where you go. So you can find me on Instagram. The blog is www.mamasippycup.com. Also on Facebook. Um, all should be connected there and, and look forward to meeting many of you. And um, Emma, thank you so much for having me. This was absolutely wonderful. You're welcome. I had a great time. This was a good one. I'm looking forward to this episode coming out. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. To support the show you love, check out the exclusive branded merchandise on themommywines.com. For extra sassy, honest, and potentially controversial content, make sure to join me over on the Mommy Wines Patreon. Also, don't forget to check out the other shows on the MW Network. If you love scary stories and true crime, you'll love Tales After Dark. More shows are coming soon, so make sure to stay connected on social at Mommy Wines Podcast. And until next Wine Wednesday, mamas, parent and drink responsibly.